0: If we're not believing in ourselves and believing in our goals, who else is? So perfection, fear, I don't have time, and lack of self-promoting can all hinder our goal achievement.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Bev, and I'm going to be the host of People at Work today. People at Work is a podcast that was created by Jocelyn. At Jostle, we are building an employee intranet because we believe in helping leaders uh, by connecting people to everything that matters to them during their workday. And while we are building our technology, we're also having conversations with people outside in the working world to understand what's actually happening at work. So that's why I'm here on the podcast today. And uh, I'm going to be chatting with Kristen Burke. Uh, Kristen is a goal achievement coach and host of the Elite Achievement podcast. She launched her coaching practice with over a decade of experience coaching and developing hundreds within a Fortune 200 firm. She has spoken at numerous annual meetings, regional meetings, leadership clinics, and women's summits. Today, Kristen and I are going to be chatting about overcoming goal achievement roadblocks. Welcome, Kristen. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to connect with you today, Bev. Awesome. Well, um, before we dive into our topic today, I'd love to hear from you about a few milestones along your own career journey that brought you to this place of thinking extensively about goal setting and in addition, the roadblocks to to goal setting. So do you want to give us a quick snapshot?
0: Quick snapshot of milestones. So I want to go back to my uh, master's degree in communication and Bev, I studied women, and work-life balance. And I I specifically studied this topic because I thought I was going to become a mama and have a career. and, And in my youthful days back in graduate school, I wanted to figure out how to do it all and how to excel at both. And ultimately, I came to the conclusion that our word balance communicates an unrealistic reality. Because when we think about balance, we think of things being perfectly equal. And when is it ever perfectly equal? So that thought process and studying and researching around women and work-life balance really catapulted a lot of the work that I do today as a coach. Today as a goal achievement coach, about 75% of my clients are women. And I work with a lot of ambitious women who wanna accelerate the growth of their businesses or accelerate their leadership careers while enjoying a fulfilling life outside of work, so thriving in all areas of their life. And my mission for my business is to help others maximize their potential and achieve their definitions of success. I started coaching in a corporate setting back in 2009, and I had an opportunity to coach financial advisors as they started their practice, focused on growing their practice, and then some of them evolving into leadership. So I've brought over a decade of coaching experience to my practice today.
1: Fantastic. And I can see that you are really walking the talk with uh, your practice because you were telling me ahead of our call here that today, Friday, is golfing day in your world. And uh, that's amazing that you yourself are striking that balance, right, between the things you need to do and the obligations you've got from a business um, practice Mm -hmm with something that you obviously enjoy on a personal level. So um, wonderful to see. And I think that that's so important, especially in today's context, that we do have these ways um, to take a break from our professional lives and bring those parts of our lives that give us pleasure into focus more frequently. Um, So thank you for doing that and for setting an example for us.
0: I, I it's definitely not perfect. I'll tell you that, but we're we're working on it, right? So it's on the calendar. But it's not perfect. And maybe our
1: goal isn't perfection, right? Perhaps right. Our, our goal is, is, is enjoyment um, and valuing those moments that we have to do the things that we love to do. So, um, so as we're thinking about our topic today, which is overcoming goal achievement roadblocks, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like this past year was one big goal roadblock. <laughs> you know, there were, there were things for us uh, professionally that were blocked. I know. If For me, on a personal level, there were some goals that I had that were 100% kiboshed by um, COVID. Um, One of those was I was meant to run the Boston Marathon um, last year, which didn't happen. (laughs) So I've, you know, I've been your first. Yes, yes. And I worked very hard to qualify and um, obviously was crushed when it unfolded. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things it's not a big deal, but it's still, you know, it's emblematic of the, the context and the environment that we're living in right now, where it is hard for us to set goals at the moment. So um, let's quickly talk a little bit at high level about that crushing feeling of setting a goal and then not being able to attain it. Like, mm. how do we set, you know, help people um, continue to set productive goals when there is a possibility that they can't achieve them in this current climate?
0: So, as a former marathon runner, I absolutely respect the dedication and the commitment to training that you had to qualify for the Boston Marathon. And, and Bev, I, I'm cheering you on. I, I'm hopeful <laughs> that one day you'll you'll get to run it. So thank you. When we go to set goals, I think that there are internal and external influences. So one of the things that 2020 taught us is that there are going to be a lot of things that are outside of our control. And there were uh, a lot of disappointments for tons of people where trips and ceremonious uh, occasions and such, a, I don't even know if ceremonious is a word, but th- things such as weddings and other celebrations and graduations and all of that, all of that was was canceled and was taken from us. However, there are some internal things that we have control over and it's our, our response to disappointments and to setbacks that we can control. It's our ability to pivot and to think differently that we can start to control. I look at there have been so many businesses that are now doing business differently because they were forced to pivot, we we were chatting earlier about some of the restaurants that have had to close down their capacity to seat uh, patrons inside. And what I have seen out here in Los Angeles is that a lot of these restaurants have now turned to delivery and they had to learn how to, how to get online and the technology to get online to serve their customers. And they've now created different outdoor seating options and parking lots have turned into these outdoor uh, seating options and so When it comes to us setting our goals, I think it's really important to take a look at what do I have the control over? And there are going to be times when we're setting our goals where we might need to pivot or we might need to think differently about the goal, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to give up or we have to stop pursuing our goal.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And I like that you've divided it into the sort of the external and the internal. It's kind of like that internal external locus of control, right? And if we focus our conversation today, um, we know that there are these external contributors and factors that impact us, but I would love to dive into the, um, you know, the the internal factors that really determine or drive us to, you know, achieve our goals or not achieve our goals. So um, could you give us a couple of examples of internal roadblocks that are stopping us from getting to that, that satisfying goal achievement place?
0: I believe that there are four roadblocks that are common on our goal achievement journeys. The first roadblock is perfection. And this is one of the roadblocks that I, I tend to struggle with. And, and I, I'm a high achiever. I'm an Enneagram three. So perfection is a little bit uh, within my DNA. And if we get too hung up on having it be perfect we might not take action or we might not implement. Uh, In fact, I am getting ready to launch my Elite Achievement Goal Setting series, which will be coming out in June. And I was on the phone before our podcast interview with my copywriter, and I'm so appreciative to have someone in my life to help talk me back from the perfection, because I can get so caught up in the nitty gritty details and overcomplicate because I want this incredible product and if I, if I focus too heavily on having it all be perfect, I might give up or I might let fear take over, which is another roadblock on our goal achievement journeys. And one of the best ways I have heard fear be described is false expectations appearing real. And a lot of times we might have fear of failure or fear of success that start to pop up. And and I've learned to recognize fear as spending too much time in that future thinking. It's all the what ifs. What if I launch this series and it doesn't go well? What if no one registers? What if it doesn't deliver what I think it's going to deliver? All these what ifs can keep us from taking action because it's scary and it requires courage and we might get embarrassed and we got to put ourselves out there. But there's another side of fear and that's fear of success. And that's that fear of what if this really takes off? What is my life going to look like? What is it going to be like when hundreds of thousands of people are now following me online? and, And what if my relationships start to change? Again, it's all these what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. And I think that if we can learn to silence the what ifs, by asking ourselves questions such as what is the worst that can happen? What's so bad about that? But then also that we have to flip the script and say, what's the best that can happen? Because a lot of times we focus so much on the negative outcomes. We've got perfection, we've got fear, and then there are two other roadblocks on our goal achievement journey. And one is I don't have time. And I don't have time can show up as a cover up for fear. So a lot of times if you explore how often I don't have time comes out of your mouth, you have to ask yourself, is it true that I really don't have time or am I scared? Or is there something that I'm afraid of that's starting to bubble up and pop up and I'm saying I don't have time because that feels easier than addressing that fear. But sometimes, We really are crunched for time. And that's where you can go back and look at that goal and say, hey, how important is this goal to me? How critical is achieving this goal to reaching my long-term vision and future? And if it is important, it's up to us to find that time and make it. It's not going to magically appear. So you can start to look at your day and ask yourself, where do I have 10 minutes? Where can I carve out 10 minutes to work on this goal? 15 minutes? Can I set aside Netflix for a couple minutes? Can I set aside scrolling on Instagram for a couple minutes to work on achieving this goal? And then that final roadblock is not wanting to self promote. So a lot of times when we're on these journeys to, to achieve our goals, we need to ask people to support us. We need to ask people to buy in. We need to ask people for, for help, for referrals, to purchase a product, to join the elite achievement goal setting series. And it can feel very uncomfortable to self-promote. But without that, if we're not believing in ourselves and believing in our goals, who else is? So perfection, fear, fear, I don't have time, and lack of self-promoting can all hinder our goal achievement.
1: Yeah, and I can absolutely attest to being guilty of a few of those things my, myself over the course of my life, for sure. Um, but there's one thing that I, th- I think I'm hearing in what you're saying is um, you spoke initially about the first one under the perfection category about having your copy editor be this trusted partner to you to be sort of your sounding board and to give you uh, a reality check. And um, I think that's probably something that's quite useful through all four of those roadblocks, right? And maybe you can talk to a bit about how do people make use of external parties to help them steer through the roadblocks that they might be experiencing? And who would those
0: people be? Brilliant question. And I think because of my experience uh, in a corporate setting, I got a phenomenal education to running and growing a business. And so one of my beliefs is that to build a successful business, you need to invest in your business. And, and I believe in investing in people who are experts in areas outside of my expertise. So, I am a coach. That's what I love to do. I love helping people set goals, track goals, and achieve their goals. And so, as I've built my business, I've decided to collaborate with partners who have expertise in copywriting who have expertise in podcasting, who have expertise in being a virtual assistant to help build the business that I am looking to build. And so for our listeners who are wanting to start to create a sounding board, you can look to different mentors in your organization You can look to peers who are building a career or a business that you aspire to build. One of the other uh, meetings I have on my calendar every week is I have a peer accountability call. It happens to be with one of my dear friends. We've been friends for over a decade, and she's in a similar position in her business but she's in a different business. And every week we're jumping on the phone and we're talking about our wins in our our businesses. We're talking about the lessons that we've learned and we're setting commitments. And honestly, Bev, this idea really stemmed from my days working in, in corporate where I was a part of different study groups. And we would have these regular calls on the calendar and these people can start to become your sounding board. So I would encourage our listeners to look for experts and what it is that they're striving to go after or striving to build and look for peers that you respect that you admire that are a little ahead of you are right along with you and set up some of these strategic calls to help you achieve your goals
1: so in addition to that um you know i I think that we we can build our network of people to help us but I think we also have to focus on building um, an achievement mindset as as an individual. So what tips do you have around, you know, we know that there are the roadblocks. We know that there are people who we should find to help us, but how can we actually start strengthening our
0: mindset to actually tackle these goals and get through the roadblocks? Having that achievement mindset is critical because if we're constantly looking outside for that motivation or inspiration, I think we'll oftentimes be disappointed. So it really has to stem from within. And one of the best ways to start growing your achievement mindset is to get extremely clear on your long-term vision. And the clearer we are on our long-term vision, our 10-year vision, And, and again, I want to say this isn't perfect. I understand as you're listening to this in 2021 that for some people, it's really difficult to think forward to 10 years. But again, that could be fear popping back up, or that could be perfection popping back up. But giving yourself the space to get clear on what life looks like, what life feels like, the type of work that you are going to find energizing, the legacy that you're building is really helpful to, uh, to building that achievement mindset because now you know what you're working on today. It has a bigger connection and a bigger purpose. So clarity, long-term vision is going to help you really set meaningful goals today. And once you have that clarity, it helps you persevere. So that's one way that you can start to build your achievement mindset. And then the other way is that there are activities and practices that you can do on a daily basis to strengthen your achievement mindset. And I believe that we don't arrive at this achievement mindset. So it's not like one day we're gonna wake up and be like, that's it, I got it. I have this perfect achievement mindset. My confidence is perfect. I never need to work on it we need to start building in practices that are gonna help us strengthen this mindset. And it could be different for different people. Some of the practices that work really well for me are working out. I know when I get in a great workout, whether that's a yoga flow, a power walk, a Peloton ride, a run, that's where my creativity starts to stem from. And I feel as if I've already achieved something at the start of the day. Another way to strengthen that achievement mindset is meditation. And this is a practice that I am by no means an expert on. I am working on integrating this practice into my routine on a more regular basis. But from what I can understand is it helps us stay present in the now and it helps minimize some of the future thinking and the ruminating that can derail our goal achievement. And then the last practice that I will share centers around journaling. And there are a couple of different journaling prompts that I recommend. One is the Friday ritual. I created the Friday ritual as a way to build my own confidence early on in my business and to get clear on my priorities. And so every Friday, I take out my journal and I look at my week and I write down my weekly wins. And if you go back on a Friday and you take a look at what happened on a Monday or a Tuesday, oftentimes you've forgotten about all the great things and you're only thinking about the one thing that went wrong. So it's an incredible confidence builder to write down your wins. Then write down your lessons that you've learned. This ability to embrace growing through failure or growing through our lessons, growing through our disappointments is critical because if we're truly going to achieve our goals, we're going to make some mistakes. We're going to do things imperfectly. And so having a practice that gets your mind right around, it's okay to fail. It's okay to take a chance and learn from It's critical. And then last, getting clear on those priorities. Because sometimes on our goal achievement journey, it's very easy to prioritize all the other things, all the other tasks. And we need to make sure we're making progress towards our goals and having that very intentional practice around that. And then the last journaling prompt I would say that has been inspirational in my own life is the practice of gratitude and starting to appreciate the things that I really truly am grateful for versus constantly striving for more and wanting for more. And it's this practice of gratitude where I've found everything changes yet nothing changes. And what I mean by that is you're probably still living in the same home. You might be married to the same spouse. You probably still have the same kids or you you actually have the same kids, not probably, but (laughs) your mindset around that has shifted dramatically.
1: So thank you, those are some really practical things that people can put to work for them almost right away, right? There's most of those things you could start as you finish listening to this podcast, literally. Um, But let's take a step back, let's zoom out to the leadership level and understand that in workplaces today, leaders are part of their role with nurturing and growing their people is to aid and support people in their goal setting and goal achievement. And um, at our company at Jossel, we take a a very self-driven approach to to growth and career development. So we have our team leads who support our people, but ultimately it's up to the individual employee to be driving their growth. Um, So what tips would you have for leaders to be thinking about to help spur and fuel goal development and achievement for their people that they are responsible
0: for? So often our leaders have a lot of exposure to goal setting. A lot of times leaders are a part of strategic conversations for companies where they're setting the strategic initiatives and the plans for the year. And so one recommendation I have for leaders is to teach the individuals on your team, how to set goals. One of the things I've learned in my work, Bev, is that a lot of people think they're really, really good at setting goals, when in reality, there's a huge opportunity to set more meaningful goals. And so if people were truly great at setting a lot of goals, we would achieve a lot more of our goals. So one responsibility is leaders can start to teach and train their individuals how to set goals and how to get clear on their goals and how to connect the goals that they achieve personally to the bigger picture vision of the organization. And I think that leads to another opportunity for leaders is to make sure there's extreme clarity on the team on what everyone is is striving to accomplish. And I can think back to when I was working in corporate and in 2018, I had a personal goal in my role. I had a personal benchmark I wanted to achieve with coaching the individuals I was coaching. However, my personal benchmark was not in complete alignment with my leader's most meaningful goal. And so as a result, I fought really hard to achieve my personal benchmark and I achieved it, but then we missed the leader's personal goal. And I learned a very powerful lesson that when you're on a team, there needs to be extreme goal clarity. So the entire team is working in the same direction towards that goal. So we switched that in 2019 and had, had a phenomenal year in 2019, all striving towards the the same goal in the same direction. And I think sometimes as leaders, that goal clarity can get lost in the day-to-day operation of the work. And so you can create uh, a goal planning day with the individuals on your team. You can have monthly check-in, make sure you as the leader are communicating and promoting the vision and the main goal, and then helping your individuals connect their personal goals, how they roll up into that larger goal.
1: So it sounds like the role of communication is is incredibly critical here. And, you know, leaders have this duality of, you know, needing to push forward the organization's objectives while balancing that against what each of the individual people on their team would like to achieve. And I mean, obviously we know that businesses are there in order for us to accomplish goals that allow the business to succeed in whatever they set out to do. Um, But we also must realize that there are human beings who are responsible for meeting those goals and each of us has our own desires. So um, if I can summarize what you were, were suggesting there is that just have clear conversation with people and about what's going on in the organization as well. Absolutely,
0: and Bev, in my experience, the clearer I was on each individual advisor's goals, if I could help those advisors achieve their goals, they tend to roll up to the organization succeeding. And so really getting clear on what's important to the people you're leading, Why is that important? And how does achieving that goal move them closer to their their ideal career, their ideal role? That all tends to serve the organization really, really well.
1: Yeah, and I think that that, um, speaks to something I was about to ask you was, so we've talked about the individual level of goal setting. We've talked about how leaders can aid, but there's also this environmental architecture that exists within organisations that can either celebrate and support goal achievement or can hold people back, right? And I think um, if you could speak to to that just for you know a minute here before we wrap up, um, just really helping people understand how those three things have to play together um, in order for people to be meeting their professional goals, right? So what do you think, um, especially in this remote work context that we find ourselves in at the moment, Mm -hmm. like what should organizations be thinking about to help individuals achieve their goals?
0: So I think leaders and organizations can ask individuals that they're leading what their past wins have been. When was the, the last time you sat down with a leader? in a one-on-one meeting, or even a small group meeting, and the leader starts off by saying, hey Bev, over the last week, what are we celebrating? What have your wins been? So I think sometimes it's so easy to gloss over what's going well, and we go right to the initiatives we're behind on, the strategies we need to implement, the tracking, and we're either off track or we're on track, and so I, I think there's a huge opportunity to take a pause and celebrate the progress, the momentum, the growth that the individuals on the team are having, which will help the organization overall meet their goals.
1: Yeah, I really like that um, notion of you know increasing the recognition. And what that means is that you're actually noticing what people are doing. And it goes beyond just the performing of the work at a mechanical level. Um, I, I recently wrapped up a research project with uh, a partner out east um, called Dialectic. And we were studying the impact of remote work on feelings of inclusion and connection for people um, who were working remote. And one of our key con- conclusions was that, um, There was this very transactional way of operating that has taken root over the past year in organizations particularly the relationship between managers and their direct reports and that has come about because of this crisis mode that we've been forced into through this very rapid shift to remote work and what that started to mean is is that it's it's it is more about getting the work done than actually the relational aspects of celebrating those wins understanding how people are feeling, what are their individual needs as they're performing that work. So there's this real threat that we've got coming at us where these short-term measures that we took to get us through a very difficult time um, are going to have some really long-term negative impacts. And, you know, not achieving goals is, is one of those things, right? And it's, it's this feeling of loss of fulfillment for people at work. So I don't know, is there anything in your world or things you've been hearing from your customers that would echo that?
0: Oh, wow, I think that you're you're so right. It was a quick transition, and so many companies have not been virtual or or were a little virtual, but not all virtual. And it was all of a sudden we've got to pivot and we've got to change. And there was a lot of Zoom fatigue, and everything then starts to become around the initiatives and the targets and the tracking and the human element started to get missed because there was no longer the conversation in, in the kitchen, or there was no longer the, hey, let's go grab lunch, or the ability to pop by someone's office, and hey, you got a minute, and brainstorm right there on the spot. And this is why I think it's even more important that leaders take a pause and check in in those one-on-one meetings or those small group meetings and, and ask people, hey, how, how are things going? How are you handling this? Uh, What obstacles are getting in your way? And I think too, sometimes leaders feel like they have to solve all the problems. And especially when it comes to goals, if they're off pace, like leaders feel this responsibility to solve it. And sometimes there's this benefit of the leader being a little transparent and a little vulnerable and showing up and going and doing a brainstorm with your team and pulling ideas from the individuals on your team and letting go of this need to have it all perfectly figured out all of the time. That can be really helpful. And then also... Different people want to be recognized and connected in different ways. And I think that's one of the most challenging aspects, even for me as a coach, as I work with a lot of different people, is figuring out are they the type of people that want feedback very direct, or do we need to have some uh, conversations and kind of warm up the feedback? Are they the individuals that want to talk about what happened over the weekend and what's going on with their family, or do they? want to jump right into work. Because a lot of times as leaders, we tend to lead other people the way that we want to be led. And I remember there have been times in my career, Bev, where I was working with leaders who were very direct, very serious, all about getting down to business. And I've got a bit of a vivacious personality, I'm a bit more social, and if we follow that model, I'm thinking, oh, you don't like me because we're not talking about some of the things that are important to me. And I think that can be even more intensified when we're on a virtual screen or we're on a phone versus being in a room with someone.
1: Yeah, we definitely are missing those human touch points and uh, the, you know, the, the added layers of, of context and texture that we we had in person. Um, and, you know, I've been thinking a lot recently about how do you actually recreate those chance encounters and those moments that are basically the cultural glue that we have, you know, they're intangible, but they are there and we are missing them. Um, my my current working answer is that, well, it's not about replacing them. It's actually finding something different that can ultimately serve the same purpose. So um, my goal (laughs) at the moment is to try and come up with a series of these things that we can try in our own environment and see if they, if they work. So I'm going to use some of your tips that you've given us today to try and spur my goal achievement along the way. So thank you for the very interesting conversation. Um, You've shared a lot of practical information with us and Uh, I'm certain that our listeners will take away uh, a number of things that they can put into practice right away. So thank you and uh, enjoy your game of golf today.
0: Thank you so much for having me and for giving me the opportunity to share my passion and my work with your listeners. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks
1: for listening to this episode of People at Work. It would mean a lot to us if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. The more reviews we get, the more people discover the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe to ensure that you don't miss an episode. You can do this wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can reach me at Bev at jostle.me or find me on LinkedIn. Until next time, take care.